Nathan receives a prophecy that the Lord will have an enduring relationship with David and his descendants. They will rule forever because they enjoy the Lord's favor. A reading from the second book of Samuel. Now when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel, and I have been with you wherever you want, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Let us all stand and sing together Psalm 15, found on page 3 of your bulletin. Paul ends his letter to the Romans by acclaiming God's glory and challenging Christians to be strengthened by obedience to Jesus' preaching. 
A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages but is now disclosed, and through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And even now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Holy Spirit of God, come to us and make us a temple for our God. Amen. Be seated. Mary, you have found favor with God. God so often chooses the least and the most unlikely to do God's most significant work. And so it is with God who chooses Mary. Mary is from Nazareth, a small, ordinary town in Judah, far from Jerusalem and the great temple, tainted by pagan religions that surrounded it. Mary is a young girl of marriageable age, probably about 13. In her society in that day or time, she had no status or position. Her family's concern was to have her wed as soon as possible. A young girl's only good option in life then was to be married and to bear children. 
Arrangements had been made with Joseph, a local carpenter, probably in his early 20s, perhaps married once before. He and young Mary were engaged. Engagement was as binding as marriage. It could only be broken or ended by divorce. And God chose this nothing of a girl in a nothing of a small place to conceive and give life to the one he would call my son. As remarkable as God's choosing of Mary is Mary's response. She said, yes. Let it be to me according to thy word. Did Mary have choice in the matter? Could she have said no? I think so in both counts. But I also think that God knew Mary well enough to know what her response would be. That she would say yes. That knowing is not interference. God is not forcing Mary's hand. Very simply and profoundly, God knows. Why did God choose Mary? God chooses whom God will choose. Why did Mary say yes? Because that was the kind of person she was and is. Early on in this encounter with the angel messenger from God, Mary had been confused, and rightly so. How could she have a child? She was engaged. Her marriage was not yet consummated. The answer to her essentially, and these are my words, this is God's doing and God's work. With God, the impossible becomes possible. Now, those are my words. These are words to her. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. Nothing will be impossible for God. That answer was enough to address Mary's confusion, and so she says yes. She said yes, knowing some of the scandalous implications of what would be a very new and different circumstance for her. The story is so familiar to us, we let that familiarity mask and hide the scandal of it all. The story has become so hallmark card, picture perfect for us, that we forget some of the implications for Mary and for Joseph. Those implications were not hidden from Mary. For all practical purposes, <laughs> this baby is conceived out of wedlock. Ladies of Advent, I want you to think back to the time when you were 12 or 13. Are you doing that now? Think back to a moment in time when you were 12 or 13. Now, imagine yourself going to your parents and family and saying, guess what? I'm pregnant and God did it. 
8 o'clock, Dee Dee Coleman shook her hand. <laughs> we know why. So did Mary. We know the story. Joseph was a good man who wanted to do all, always do what was right. In the beginnings, he had trouble understanding that pregnancy. He wrestled with the issue and decided to send Mary away quietly and privately. He would send her away where she could have her baby in a place where no one knew her, where no one knew that she had been unmarried. This was the quiet, private way that Joseph considered. Any other response on his part to have made her a public example might have been certain death for her. <laughs> in that society, in that day and time, she could have been stoned to death because of her seeming indiscretion. In spite of what seemed the most his high scandal, Mary says yes. That the Most High God had chosen her gave her motive, assurance, and trust. But, but realize this. Mary's yes did not mean that things would go easily or be easy. She still had to contend with Joseph. When their issues were finally resolved, she and Joseph had to make that long, perilous trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem, some 80 miles. And, it was the, and they made the trip near the end of her pregnancy. Ladies, when you had your babies, would you have walked 80 miles the week before? Or two weeks before? Or three? I think not. Mary's baby was born in some of the worst circumstances imaginable. Jesus was not born in a sterile hospital delivery room. Robin Jen... You know of that all too well, those sterile hospital delivery rooms. And all went there. But their baby, the baby of Mary and Joseph, was born in a cattle stall. It was filthy. It wasn't sterile. It was filthy. Sometime after his birth, they had to leave Bethlehem in great haste and flee to Egypt to avoid the killing wrath of King Herod. My point is this. Though all things are possible with God, all things are not always easy. Mary said yes and kept faith. She said yes and trusted that God would accomplish the impossible, or the seeming impossible. Mary said yes, and God kept on doing the impossible. After all, that is what life is all about. For them, for us now. Us saying yes to God and allowing God then to work in us and through us and for us to accomplish the impossible. The world might say, no way. But Mary's confidence in God was, oh yes, 
with God, there is always a way. What did Mary's yes mean? It meant that God could be conceived. That God could be knit together in a mother's womb. That God could be born as all of us have been born. A needful, vulnerable, unable to care for himself baby. He was a person born and needing others protect to protect and save him as he would later protect and save all others, including us. Jesus, the one who needed to be mothered, who would become our mother. Why did God do that? Because God does what God does. Why did Mary say yes? Because she did what only Mary would do. In the birth narratives in the Gospel about Mary and other stories, we're told that time and time again she kept all these things in her heart and pondered them. I'm certain in the moments, in the time that the announcement was made to her and her choice was made to say yes, that she pondered many things. And I can imagine angels and archangels and all the company of heaven holding their breath and then breathing a sigh of relief and wonder and joy at her words. I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to thy word. Amen.